Thank you so much, Dale. Dale, you're a man with a message. You got, you got a burning fire in your heart this morning, and I love it. I love it, right? One of the things the Bible says is uh, God calls gifted leaders. He, he gives churches, pastors, evangelists, uh, teachers, shepherds, uh, prophets uh, for the gift, uh, uh, for, the, for the, the role of equipping the church uh, for the work of ministry. And so this morning, I just want to point out to you, I'm so I feel so blessed to be the pastor of this church, uh, and I just, I love what God is doing here. Not just the baptisms, but God is equipping the saints for the work of ministry. You know, this morning, you know, Dion baptizing uh, his kids and the work uh, he's doing. You know, Michelle and, and her leadership, and, and Trent and his leadership, and uh, Elizabeth and Brenda up here leading, and Dale up here leading, and just uh, seeing so many leaders uh, that, are, that are members of the church uh, that, are, that are just going for it. And even Dale up here saying, hey guys, this is it. Like we are called, we're here to get equipped, we're here to get sharpened, that we would go and do the work of ministry. Jesus said that he has life and he has it abundant, um, and that life, that abundant life, think about what he did with the disciples. He plucked them up out of uh, the life they were living and said, come with me, and as they went with him, there was some hardship, there was some death, there was some difficulty, there was some persecution, there was some trial, but what they found was the kingdom of God and life and life abundant. Uh, as they walked with Jesus through these things, and he turned them from fishers of men, or from fishers into fishers of men. He transformed them, and that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to take you wherever you're at, and he wants to give you a new identity and a new call, and to bring him along with him into his purposes, into his kingdom. Uh, and so this morning, I hope to stir you uh, to this. Uh, in fact, today, uh, the message is, is about walking in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit of God. Uh, we're going to read out of Galatians 5, and uh, today, really, I'm just going to preach a sermon very much just out of the Bible. Uh, so what I mean by that is, uh, I'm just gonna, most of my sermon is just me reading scriptures to you and talking about them uh, as we, we kind of read through it. So uh, we're going to read Galatians five together. Uh, then I'm going to pray for us, and uh, and I just I want you to pay attention carefully uh, to what is said here uh, in Galatians five. Again, this 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 book of the Bible is actually a letter. Uh, it's a letter from a guy named Paul, who was an early church leader, and he wrote the book of Galatians uh, to the Galatians. It was a region called Galatia, uh, and he wrote to them. And, uh, and he's instructing a local church. So this is instructions for a local church. These are words that strengthened a church way back then, and they're words that can strengthen us today. Uh, they're personal, and they're for all of us at the same time. And at the same time, they're timeless. They, they speak to all people at all times and all cultures. Uh, so we're going to read Galatians 5, starting in verse 16. And we're going to read to verse 26. It's going to be on the screen behind me. If you've got a Bible, you can go ahead and follow along with me. Uh, this is what it says. But I say, walk by the Spirit. That is God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impure, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, impurity, sensuality. You're like, what's sensuality? Sensuality is like just seeking pleasure, just a pleasure seeker. I'm just constantly seeking what's most comfortable, what's most pleasurable. Idolatry, sorcery, 
enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, I do ask this morning that you would come and speak to us. Build us up in your word. Let your word speak deeply to our hearts. Father, that that we would grow today. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would come and fill us up, that you would transform us. Father, I pray this morning that you would help us to see that you have a life for us, that you have new life for us, that Jesus has forgiveness, that God, you looked on the world and you saw the suffering, you saw the death, you saw the sin that we committed and the sin committed against us, and you came and you did something about it. Father, you sent your son. Jesus, you came in the flesh, you lived like us, you were born like us. You lived like us, but you were perfectly righteous. You were tempted like we are, yet you resisted. You were betrayed and hurt by friends like we are, yet you persevered. And Jesus, you went to the cross, and on the cross, you bore all the pain of the sin committed against us. You bore all the wrath of God that was due justly for the sins that we committed. And Jesus, you died on that cross in our place for our sins. That anyone in here who's carrying a burden, anyone in here who feels not enough, anyone in here who feels like they're dying can give their life to you and you will turn their ashes into glory. You will give them a new life. You take our death, you take our pain, you take our burden and you give life. You give peace. You give joy. You give patience. You give newness of life. And Father, I pray this morning you would pour out newness of life. And Lord, I do pray, I pray you would strengthen us and sharpen us and light a zealous fire in our hearts that we would be a people who go to love others in your name. Father, do these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, so I pray this morning, obviously, that God does a work in you. We're gonna talk today about what does it mean to walk by the Spirit. I, I don't think that passage is that Difficult to understand necessarily, saying, hey, if you walk by the Spirit, if you walk with God, if you're full of the Spirit and just walking with God, uh, you will live a very different kind of life. And in fact, the kind of life that we naturally desire, the kind of life we naturally want, you know, our our inward uh, desires and and pleasures and just kind of being led like creatures of of instinct and creatures of habit where it's like, oh, I'm hungry, I eat. Oh, I have a sexual instinct, I I, I fulfill it. Oh, I want to be comfortable, I want to live in ease. Like, we just pursue sort of our base instincts, uh, the Bible says that when we walk by the Spirit, we see a different kind of life that's real life. This path of of walking by the flesh, the Bible uh, repeatedly tells us, is a path that leads to death. God wants to walk you into a path that leads to life. Oftentimes we look around this world and and, and it's very clear that this world, we we would use this word, it's in futility, right? People sort of, it's like we're we're running on a treadmill, we're putting in all this work and yet people are still depressed. We have more wealth than ever and yet still most people are pursuing more and more and more wealth. This world is a a futile place. You put in so much, it promises life but it always delivers death. And we we live our lives and, and we wonder why. 
We feel so much pain. We wonder why things are so difficult. And the whole time Jesus is saying, come to me, come to me. Matthew 11 says, come to me all who labor, that is all who work, who are heavy laden, that is who feel a burden and a weight. They feel never like they're arriving. They feel like their soul is constantly restless. He says, come to me. And he says, I will give you rest for your souls. Some of you are feeling that call this morning. The call to Jesus is not a call to just say, oh, I'm just going to check off. I'm going to come to church once a week. I'm going to say, yes, I believe in Jesus, but then the rest of my life is going to be for me. It's going to be me building my life. No, no, no. The call to Jesus is a glorious call to a new life where you walk with Jesus as you walk by the Spirit. Right? Does that make sense? Like, like most of us, let me, let, me give you, let me paint you a picture here uh, before I get into to, to reading some more scripture. We're going to read Romans 8 here in a minute. Uh, but, but most of us, like, imagine this. If, 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 if you lived in the time Jesus walked the earth, all right, let's say you lived, you know, on the other side of the planet, but you knew somebody's like, hey, Jesus is here. What would you not do to get to him? Right, would you do anything to get to him? Like, I just think, like, if, if, if you live, I think for many of us, we think, if we, I lived in the time that Jesus walked the earth, like God in the flesh walked the earth, what would I not do to get to him? To so just ask him one question, to just say, please, like, help me. Please tell me. Like, please guide me. Please lead me. Please shepherd me, Jesus. Right? Wouldn't you do that? Like, what if today somebody was like, hey, G- the Jesus, Jesus of the Bible, he's, he's back, he's here, and he's in this place, and you can go and you can see him, and you can go and you can talk to him. Like, what, what cost would be too great to see him? And yet the Bible tells us, it, like, I believe most of us, we, we believe that this is who we are. This is, believe what we, this is what we would do. But the Bible tells us, actually, that Jesus has revealed himself like this. That the word of God reveals Jesus to us. The Bible actually says that through the Holy Spirit, what we have today, the relationship we have with Jesus, says it's, it's actually better. Because not only can we, we know Jesus, we can be filled with the very spirit of God himself. And I would just encourage you this morning to ask yourself, what, is, what really are your appetites? Do you have appetites that hunger for the things of this world that are futile and lead to death and never really deliver what they promise? Or do you have appetite, do you you feel in your heart a desire for more of what God has for you? This hunger for Jesus. We're going to read Romans 8 this morning, and uh, and the truth is this, is that if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You'll have a new desire, you'll have new heart. If you walk by the Spirit, you'll experience the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Oh, don't we want those? Like, love, I I want love. Like, don't want to read it too fast. Like, to walk by the Spirit is to, to, to have love like you've never known. To walk by the Spirit is to have joy like you've never known. Lasting joy, enduring joy, joy that is not based on circumstances around you, but is unshakable, rooted in the eternal God. That's the kind of joy that we want. To, to walk by the Spirit is to have peace that transcends our understanding. To have peace in the midst of the worst storms in life. To have peace that inspires and stirs you to say, Lord, I know this is hard, but I know you're going to be with me the entire time. And I know on the other side of this, you have glorious things for me. Glorious good transformation for me. To walk by the Spirit is to have patience. To have kindness. To have goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. To walk by the Spirit is to find a new kind of life that is categorically different than the way of this world. Right? You talk about the way of this world. When we walk by the way of this world, it's not a path of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Right? It's chaos. It's envy. It's strife. It's dissension. It's divisions. It's envy. It's drunkenness. It's rivalry. It's fits of anger. It's jealousy. It's strife on strife on strife. It's sensuality. 
What's so funny here is, is how it lists some things that I think actually can pull, like sensuality can pull on our heart, and yet none of us want rivalries. It's funny because it sort of mixes these inward desires, this, this selfish desires that we can have where we want to seek after you know, things that we think will fulfill us. But what the Bible's saying is what human minds tend to think will fulfill them, what human bodies tend to think will fulfill them, they lead them to a path of death. And what does death look like? Well, it looks like strife and enmity and idolatry and divisions and, uh, and rivalries and fits of anger and jealousy. It's, it's, it's a very simple passage is what I'm trying to get at. And it's, these, are, these are things that you're, you might be like, man, Mike, I, I know this, I understand this. Um, but how do we do this? How do we walk by the Spirit? Because walking by the Spirit is a gift and a blessing and a source of life for us. It's freedom and peace. It's so, so, so good. So how do we walk by the Spirit? Well, I'm going to read Romans 8 because actually I think the entire chapter of Romans 8, here's what's great about today's sermon. I, I've, I've rambled a little bit more than I intended to, but I always do. Uh, but this morning, I just you can go home and you, you'll be able to read this sermon because it's, it's, it's mostly Romans 8 is really the heart uh, today. So we're going to read through Romans 8, and I'm just going to kind of break it down as we go. We're going to pause as we read. We're going to read the entire chapter of Romans 8 because it's really a sermon. Romans 8 is really a sermon uh, about walking by the Spirit. And then Paul sort of dives into some deeper things as he goes, but because uh, he also, he wrote Galatians, the same guy who wrote Galatians also wrote Romans, but uh, Romans 8 here, I just, I, th- I find it so, so, so helpful. So I'm going to read this and uh, just, again, listen to the Word of God, and, and I'm going to try to, to, to help, help it just go as deep into your heart as it can, because the deeper the Word of God goes into your heart, the deeper it goes into your life, the more you'll experience the life uh, that the word of God can give you, which is a life unlike anything in this world. It's an eternal, unshakable, immovable life. So here's what it says. It says, therefore, uh, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right, we gotta pause for a second here. So the context, I prayed this while I was praying, you know, the salvation that comes from Jesus. If you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior, if you have given your life to Jesus, the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know what's crazy is the Bible says this so unequivocally, and it says it so many times, and yet I meet many, many people uh, who they don't come to church because they're afraid of condemnation. I want you to know that if you're afraid of condemnation, you're afraid I'm not enough, I want you to know that what Jesus bore on the cross, when he suffered, he took your condemnation. That's why you don't have any anymore. He took it on the cross, it is dead. And anyone who whispers to you, you have condemnation, that's not the word of God. That's Satan speaking to you. The Bible is clear. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He bore it on the cross, he buried it in the grave, He came alive, but the condemnation stayed dead. We gotta know this. For the law of the spirit of life, this is Jesus, has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. That law that tells you you aren't good enough. That law that reveals that you aren't good enough. Jesus came with a new law, the law of life, the law of the spirit of life that sets us free that takes our condemnation. No, where's this all come from? It's in Christ Jesus. For God, what's, what has happened? For God has done. Isn't this good? It's a great sermon. <laughs> so little work for me. But it's the best, right? I can't write this, but God did. For God has done. We come in, why do we come in condemned? Because we think we gotta do something. Because we think we haven't done enough. And the Bible's like, yes, that's true, but I got good news for you. For God has done what the law, 
Weakened by the flesh, weakened by our sin. You and I, in our sin, we could not obey the law. So God has done what we could not do. We're not gonna make it through Romans 8. I ju- it just hit me, but we got next week. You can come back, you can read it. I mean, I'm just, I knew this was gonna be dangerous for me, but I just, I mean, we're, this verse three, and I'm like, there's so much here. For God has done, like, isn't that so clear? Isn't it amazing? You're like, what, is this true? I tell you what, let me, t- I gotta tell a story now. I gotta tell a little story. Because I gotta bear witness about what I'm seeing the word of God doing. Right, I gotta bear witness to you. I have recently been sharing the gospel with some young kids uh, at Juvie Hall, and one kid who's now at, at the local county jail, and, and actually today, by the way, I'm terrified. One of my encouragements to you today is gonna be to go with God even when it's scary. Go with God even when, it, when it's uncomfortable. Uh, that's what it is to walk by the Spirit, is to trust God will go with you, uh, to know what he's calling you into, he's gonna go with you. So today, for the first time, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach, preach the Bible uh, at the county jail. Uh, And they lock you in a room, and I don't know how it got set up like this, but you're the only one in there, and there's like no security guard. Where's Rich, is Rich in here? Like, I don't know what, I need to talk to Rich about this setup at the jail. Because they literally like lock the room and then you're in there with like, you know, the inmates and and you're just there to preach the the Bible. And I'm I'm, I'm gonna be honest, there's more of me doesn't wanna do it than does want to do it. But the Spirit of God is alive in me, and I'm like, I have learned to go where God calls me to go and to do what God calls me to do. And, and I say this as an example to you that, like, it's not easy. Like, God is calling you to things you don't think you can do. God is calling you to things you don't want to do. Uh, but he will go with you, and he will transform you when you learn to trust in him. He wants your, your faith in him to grow. And so, uh, so anyway, I've been going, and I hope it goes well. But I, I tell you that to give you an example. But I have been talking to some young men and, uh, and, oh, and I've, the things they have said to me, like we have, I've done this with them. Like it's so simple. Like what I just did, you can do. You just read, and you just read the Bible, but you read the Bible, right? You go, what is this saying? Well, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You don't just read it and then it's, you know, like you're half asleep. Like you re- you're like, wait a minute, is this true? So we just sit there and, and, and I read this little section and I like took my fingers and I go, guys, this is all we read. And the, the kid looked at me, he looked down at it and he looked at his friend, I was reading it to two kids and, and he goes, that's it, that's all that? He's like, whoa, like, his, like he wasn't like, he, his mind was legit blown, he's like laughing like, and I'm just like, yes. And then I've sat and I've just continued to talk and teach the Bible to these guys and, and they've just been a, a, you know, kind of in awe of it. One of them said to me, man, I've been reading the Bible. And he's like, it's like a cheat code for life. And another one of them, uh, uh, he, uh, or the same kid rather, he, I, went, I went and hung out with him one time and, and he was just showing me, like, he's like, uh, he's like, man, I've been talking to my brothers. And I'm like, what? Re-? And, he's like, and, and he's like, let me show you. And he's like searching for his phone. He wants me to see it. And he shows me his phone. And this is a, this is a kid who you know, he'd never been discipled. Uh, he has not gone through seminary. Uh, he's just sat with me while I read the Bible and I teach him and I talk about Jesus. And, and, and he shows me these messages and he's sitting there and he's telling his brother, he's like, man, if you just give your life to Jesus, if you just pray, God will show up. If you read your Bible, you'll see who God is and it will change you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's an effective evangelist. Like I've had people in my church for 10 years who were too afraid to do that like they're more equipped but more afraid and it's like he's just like I have said to him like this is what we're supposed to do and, and then another kid last week I go and and he's in a hard situation and and he's in a bad a difficult place and and I know he's in a difficult place and I said to him uh this was on Wednesday I was like 
Um, I'm going, I'm like, I had a crazy travel week. I did not have to go visit him. No one's got me twisted over an arm. I could tell you I visited, like, I don't have, but God said to go. So I went, and so I sit down with him, and, and, I'm, and I'm just like, hey, I said, how are you doing? He goes, and I said, it's a hard situation. And he goes, yeah, it's really hard. He goes, but I think my faith is stronger than it's ever been. I was like, praise the Lord. Because I don't know what he's going to say, but I'm trusting the Lord that God's moving and working. Uh, and even if he said something hard, I'm trusting the Lord that God's continuing to work. And, and, and so then I said to him, I said, well, I said, what have you been doing? And, and he's like, I've been reading my Bible. I've been reading it with my cellmate. And, and I'm talking to him, and I'm like, well, wait, what are you reading? He goes, I just read what you've read to me. And I talk about the things you've talked about with me. And I'm like, oh, oh, man, I'm, part of me is convicted because I have not been able to move church people to do this as effectively as I have liked and I've given my life to 15 years of this. And so part of the reason I feel motivated to just do what we're doing is that, I, you know, Jesus in Matthew 28, he says, go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Check. We did some of that today as a church. Like, this is our ministry. This is who we are. But he says, teach them, you know, all that I've commanded you. And, and I'm just like, it's so simple. We make it so hard, right? Like, like I was telling some pastor friends this week, um, I said, you know, it's like we made seminaries so no one would get it wrong. But I don't know the last time you checked out how many Christian seminaries have now gotten it really, really, really wrong. Right? We don't just go because we're afraid we're going to get it wrong. And we built these institutions so we would never get it wrong. And the institutions are the most wrong places. Isn't that wild? Right? You got Christian institutions dismantling the word of God. And you got kids in jail who are preaching it faithfully. You kidding me? You know what? I think God is sovereign. Uh, I think when we do what he tells us to do and we go where he tells us to go, he will accomplish his plan (laughs) through us, right? I think even if we didn't do it, the rocks would cry out and accomplish his plan because no matter what, God's plans will be accomplished. Don't you want to go with him? I do. And it's, it's, it's everywhere. It's all around you. It's in your neighborhood. Our neighbor came over. This. I mean, here's the thing. As you begin to walk in faithfulness, God will just flood your life. He will say, because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And the people are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And if you just begin to walk faithfully, trusting in God and, and, and walking through the word, just read it yourself. And like my, the best thing that fuels my teaching is not like some formal training, but it's my quiet time with Jesus. You can have quiet time with Jesus. Where I just say, Lord, my life is yours. And I, by faith, I give it my time as I read the Bible. I have read the Bible so much. And actually, like you would think, oh, I know it. I'm up here. I've taught it for de- two decades almost now. Like, uh, or at least a decade and a half. And, and as, I, as, I, <coughs> as I read it, it's like the more it's that quiet devotional time, it's sweeter than it's ever been. It's more in-depth than it's ever been. And it's fueling me more. And you have access to the same thing I have. You have access to the same well of living water. All right, we're seeing it and we're experiencing it this morning. I got to tell you one more little part here. So I, I, I tell you this kid, he said, I'm just telling him what, what, what he's telling me. And then I said, hey, what's on your mind? We had talked for about 40 minutes and, you know, you got the glass and I'm on the phone and he's on the other side. It's not the most ideal discipleship scenario you would think, but the Lord is moving. And I said, what's on your mind? And, and he said to me, he said, um, uh, he's, my, my, my cellmate asked me to pray for him. And he's like, so I did. He goes, but I, I wasn't sure what to say. I didn't know what to do, but I, I prayed for him. He goes, could you teach me how to pray? And I was like, oof, I just felt the Holy Spirit. Like, I got this. If you walk faithfully, I'll do more than you ask or imagine. And I'm like, that's so true. Like, I've been living my life trying to have the ministry in my control, right? Feels like it's kind of how I've been taught, but also, I, I, I'm gonna be honest, I prefer to be in control. Uh, <laughs> and as I throw, as I, as I throw, it's like walking by faith, 
Walking by the Spirit and just saying, Lord, where you go, I will go. What you tell me to do, I will do. I feel unequipped. You would think, how could a pastor ever feel equipped? We often do, right? Like, but to talk about it, right? Yeah, how many pastors want to tell you that? Well, I think it's one of the most helpful things we can say. Paul's like, I'll boast in my weakness. When I'm weak, he's strong. And you need to know that when you're weak, when you feel weak, he is strong. When you go in weakness, when you walk in faithfulness and you don't feel like you can do it, the Lord will do it and he will show you. And then you begin to realize like, oh, when I go in weakness, he moves the most powerfully. Well, you, you feel often that you're weak. You don't feel that often that you're strong, right? That means you have way more gospel opportunity than you ever thought you had. And that's good news. That's so good. I'm gonna have to start wrapping this thing up. But here's the idea. It's simple, right? It's simple. We, we, to walk by the Spirit is to go with God. To walk by the Spirit is to let him flood your life in the word. All right, I'm going to read Romans 8 here. I'll, I'll just keep reading, and then we're going we're gonna to let it settle in our hearts here. Uh, but he says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. Praise Jesus. What a good verse. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, that is, in the likeness of sinful hu- humanity and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. The sin was condemned so you could be free. Your sin is dead, but you are alive through Christ. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Whew, that's good which is walking by truth, walking by faith in Christ. For those who live according to the flesh will set their mind on things of the flesh, that is, our earthly desires, that list in in, in, in Galatians. We're very tempted to set our mind on, on the things of the flesh, on sensuality, on pleasure, on sexual immorality, on the things that our flesh tells us that we want, tells us will give us life, but they always lead to death. He says that for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. If we're focused on our strength, if we're focused on our desires, we will fail to please God. But you Brothers and sisters, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells within you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The big emphasis here is God does the work. You're called to walk in the work of God and be bathed by his spirit as you walk in his life. He wants to dwell in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we are debtors, not to the flesh, not to the law, not to this world. We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of your body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. You have a new identity. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. That's a wild, wild verse. 
You are now heirs with Christ. God looks at you and sees you as equal with Christ in regard to your inheritance. That's wild. You, we could dig and dig and dig into that, but we don't have the time. <laughs> but it's true. Uh, we're heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order, in order that he may also, we may also be glorified with him, right? Again, there's this idea of we walk faithfully. You're walking in weakness. You'll walk in trial. You'll go places you don't want to go. You'll get to the end of yourself. But as you do this, what Jesus says is he will turn that suffering into glory. You'll be glorified with him as you walk with him in suffering. Right? That, that I, like some of the greatest wisdom I could ever give you is to endure with God through your suffering. Right? I'm going to read this last section. Actually, you know, we'll, we'll finish it out, and this will be my conclusion. Uh, it really crescendos here. So he begins to talk about uh, the kinds of things we have ahead of us and, and sum this all up. This is a, it's a really, Romans 8 is a really great sermon. Uh, so he says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time, he's been talking about suffering, the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. I believe sometimes that's glory you experience in this life, but it's certainly glory you're gonna experience in the life to come. All the suffering of this world, he says it's not, comp not worth comparing to the glory that's coming our way. For the creation, the world itself, the universe, waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God, waiting for you and I to, to be fully uh, known by Christ, to be fully uh, brought into his kingdom. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. What he's saying is that when we fell, the creation fell. Death didn't just enter humans, it entered into the world. And one day God will not just renew you and I, he will renew the whole world. But the initiating of this is the return of Christ where he will wake you and I up and the Bible says give us glorified bodies and then he'll remake the universe perfectly. He says, for we know that the, the, the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies. We're waiting for this final, beautiful redemption that's coming from Christ one day. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes what he see, for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. <clears throat> Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray uh, for as we ought. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit himself, intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So God's saying, as we pray, as we get into desperate situations, God prays with us. And His Spirit puts words to things we cannot articulate. To desires, to hurts, to pains, to difficulties that we can't articulate. That even as you pray in weakness, the Holy Spirit actually strengthens those weak prayers. That God would hear, that God would know, that things would change. And we know that for those who love God... All things work together for good for those who were called according to his purpose. For those who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That is, God's had a plan to turn you into a, a person who's very like Christ, full of glory, full of love, full of the spirit, full of purpose. And he did this in order that Jesus might be the firstborn among many brothers. He's, he's, he's the one who's preeminent. He goes before us and shows us what we're supposed to look like. 
And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Again, God has done the work. He's done a glorious work in you that will lead to life like you've never known. Finally, he ends it here by saying, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Can you hear it? How can he not also graciously give us all things? What do you lack? God has all things for you. If you turn to him, he'll show you. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More more than that, was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who is indeed interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. The invitation into Jesus is an invitation into death, death to the self, death to your desires, death and suffering in this world. And yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who, sa- who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, the band can come. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning you would do a work in our hearts. Father, your word, oh, it's so good. It is living water. It is the bread that came down from heaven. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Father. And Lord, this morning we have feasted. I pray you bring us to life God, as we have eaten these words, as we've taken these things in, Father, I pray you would write these scriptures on hearts, that, Father, miraculously today, your word would go deeper than it's ever gone, that, Father, you would raise an appetite, that this week uh, we would seek you out, we would reread Romans 8, we would open your word and ask you to speak to us, and, Father, I pray you pour out an equipping this morning, that, that, that people would come to your word and have a quiet time and a desire to meet you and hear from you and see what you have for them. And Lord, I pray that you would sharpen us and put a fire in us that we would begin to say, Lord, where do you want me to go? And we would go. That we would begin to look outside of ourselves to our neighbors, to our friends, to our coworkers. And we would just begin to, from this life we have in the word, we just begin to say, hey, you know what the Bible says. Hey, my pastor this week, he said there's no condemnation. You ever feel condemned? You feel like God has a weight? Jesus says there's no condemnation for you. Do you know that? Do you want that? Father, I pray you would stir us to go out, that, Lord, we would begin to, 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 to be a people who, who flood this city with your glory. Father, that we would walk by your spirit. Your spirit is building your kingdom. Lord, let us be a people who walk by your spirit, full of, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. God, while we help uh, and, and, and walk with you as you build your kingdom. Jesus, in your name we pray. Amen.